Rangers yeah. and residents of Turtle Cove, welcome <laughs> to the Sentai Truther Club. I am your host, Grav, and with me is my lovely goth co-host, Kennedy. You know, I just want to say that was for the internet. I did it for the internet. It was not a good experience on a lot of levels, but the goth makeup itself was fun. <laughs> It's an aesthetic, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> I, I every time I see goth look. makeup, I just get reminded of Panic at the Disco, and I just immediately go to the I chime in. The funny yeah. thing, someone on my Twitter was like, "Actually, that's not goth. That's new romantic." And I was like, "Shut the shut the hell up!" Did they did they did they did they, did they spell new like N U? I can't remember. Probably, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and today we have fellow friend of the show bob from bad praxis what's up everybody <laughs> i uh i haven't watched power rangers since i was for a good 20 years and um i feel insane now i love it <laughs> so uh i i I think Bob has definitely caught us tweeting about it, but I was I was tweeting through the Sentai Truther Club uh, Twitter account just about our experience watching Power Rangers Wild Force, <laughs> and I I ended the last episode of Sentai Truther Club basically stating like this is the end of <laughs> uh, of Power Rangers that we love. It's time for bad Power Rangers, and uh, Kennedy kind of was just like, oh no, and I was like, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a thing. And, Let me just um, hold on. I got to interrupt. I'm sorry because I haven't even told you this yet, Grav. Okay. Christina watched a little Wild Force with me. No. And she was like, Are you going to cancel the Sentai Truther Club? <laughs> <laughs> so, funnily enough, I talked to Kaylee about that too. <laughs> I don't think I told you that either. I was that like, was Should I? To seeing it. Yeah, because I was like, should I, should we end Sentai Truther Club? Like, is this, is this going to be the season that kills us? No, because, all, like, not... all content is good content. <laughs> <laughs> the, the crazy thing about this is, is that, like, this has more episodes that are canon to the overarching plot and the Rangers and their arsenal and so forth than, la than the last two seasons. And let me tell you, this is another situation where the filler guide is not right, and we have to add more episodes. Which so sucks. We already started <laughs> with 33 out of 40 episodes, so they only cut seven. And I can already tell you that there's about two episodes that I think are actually canon too. So this is literally the season that I was just like, when I realized this, I was like, oh man, yo, I don't know if I could do this. Hell season. <laughs> And uh, I was telling Kaylee, I was like, hey, if this gets even worse, you know, for where we're watching it, you can just go off and do your own thing. And then I'll just put it on in the background at work. <laughs> and then that, that's how we'll, that's how I'll consume the show from then on. Because <laughs> like, I mean, I, mean, I only this is... read the wiki articles and not watch the final episodes <laughs> at all. <laughs> no, I would definitely have it on in the background. But it was definitely one of those things I was like, well, you know. This gives me an excuse to be with Kennedy every week, so I kind of want to keep it going. <laughs> I, I do think that it's, you know, we're going to get through this rough patch, but God, this Wild Force is not good. Um, Bob, 
I want to ask you though. You mentioned uh, it's been a while since you last had seen Power Rangers. What was your experience with the Power Rangers like growing up? I mean, it was other than like Dragon Ball Z. It was probably my favorite show. I want to say Power Rangers was when I was younger, like six or seven, and it was the the original original series with like you know Tommy the Green Ranger and. Like, I loved it. I thought it was cool. All my friends uh, and I like dressed up as the Power Rangers as often as possible. And it was like, I, from what I remember, like our like imaginary world revolved around it. Like it was super important when I was like six, seven and eight. Yeah. And so like thinking about that and then clicking the button to view scene one of episode one of Wild Force like really like sent me into a fucking spiral <laughs> like the first frames of the episode i was like okay this is gonna be pretty bad but i had no idea uh, are we talking about bad. the intro or like legitimately the first scenes past the intro literally just like the first scenes past the intro okay um, i can already like, tell you that the intro is also bad like, the is also bad. speaking to like yeah. literally the intro, I other say, intro though, that we've watched the intro is bad especially relatively speaking to like other power rangers intros that we've seen but if you if that was the intro and then the show was pretty good it wouldn't mm -hmm. be offensive you know, it's not like I so disagree. bad. I, I think I think the even in like I'm not saying like it has to be, you know, miracle, <laughs> spiritual, lyrical type bullshit. But like, I feel like they even dumbed down the theme song, like mm -hmm. just in like lyric density. A little bit, but it's wild force. Power Rangers fight these wars forever. Like <laughs> you could literally like just. It, it's so the 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 only reason why the the we don't consider the theme song ass is that it it's fucking it's repetitious and catchy. That that's literally well, it. it's <laughs> it's literally a toy commercial theme song, and it's CGI like, too. It's it, not even well, made with rotoscoped. So like yeah. what I what I watched I, in I, like 1993 when I was a child was like had much better graphics. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. No. And I want to say for the record, Bob, you and I had kind of similar experiences growing up with the Power Rangers, which is neat. Because, yeah, that was also like I, I was around that age watching the original MMPR. I did keep watching some of it going on off and on, but not it wasn't as much yeah, a part yeah. of my life after that. But that I, I agree with you that like for sure, when we went to the playground, Power Rangers was like one of the top things to like be fantasizing about while you're playing period well and it's like it's so funny to think about it because like whoever was like the like like top kid would get to be the green or white ranger depending on what like era you were pretending to be in <laughs> it was like of course you know, like every, everyone wanted to be tommy tommy was the the coolest you guys mentioned that you used, used to like yeah, I think we used to do that back then too with Power Rangers, but I think we used to just say the colors. We used to not say the name of the the name of the 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 Rangers. We used to well, like, yeah, I no, be the Blue Ranger. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just literally the only name of any Power Ranger I've ever remembered is Tommy. <laughs> I, like otherwise all the rest of them are just known by their colors. Right, I right, guess, right. Well, actually I guess the I guess the Pink Ranger would have been Kimberly back then. I remember that. Right, yeah. The Kimberly S tier. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, every like every like 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 seven year old boy in nineteen ninety four to crush. Yeah, man. It's a. Uh... It's wild. I never really thought that anything in, that I've watched the Power Rangers awoken anything in me. Though I will say that when I was a kid, <laughs> I think I was a little bit too, uh, a little bit too under the age there when I was watching it. Now Is that this- we've had a little chance to have fun and reminisce about how Power Rangers can be good, let's move on. Time to uh, fast forward to the present. So, so we've, we've mentioned this before, but Wild Force is the first season of the Power Rangers to come out after 9/11, and of course. This is worth really emphasizing. Like, we're not just trying to bring this up for no reason, but it's worth really emphasizing because 9 11 changed media in a massive way. Media before and after 9 11 is very different. The comedies change, um, they get a lot less edgy for a long time. Um, a lot of the action shows change. I, well, they, they, Kennedy, would you would you would ways, you really but... say that though? Like, I'm yeah, gonna be no, honest it, with you. Like, the early 2000s, yeah, sure. Like, I guess there there was like the Islamophobia that ran rampant right after 9/11. Um, but like, I yo like 2000 going back to 2000s media post 9/11, it is like everybody was just making fun of gay people. No, it's not edgy. That's what I'm saying. It's not edgy. It's gross, and it was also. Mm-hmm. But it, the thing is, it was acceptable at the time culturally, and it was like safe. It was relatively culturally safe humor at the time. Um, whereas like before 9-11, humor was trending somewhat more, you know, in a, in a direction like politically and things like that. Yeah. And then all that comes to an end and it's just we're making fun of gay people. Um, yeah. music also there was a lot of music censorship um and things like that so all of media was massively impacted by the rise of fascism in america in response to 9-11 it actually um, impacted time force so there was an article that was brought up to me by a fellow fan of the show fellow friend of the show matt thank you for helping us out on Twitter to give us some context Mm -hmm. for the show. But uh, basically the head writer that lifted up the second half of turbo all the way up to the end of time force left the show because of essentially working conditions because they kept having to constantly change the show. It's just, it's a lot, it's a lot, but basically like just to sum it up by the end of time force, like rancic, Remember how we were kind of saying like Rancic is a very sympathetic terrorist? Yeah. Um, and like he's not necessarily wrong, wrong um in what he does, but he's being unnecessarily cruel about it, right? And it was on purpose. So basically when 9-11 happened, like they had already, I think they had either already aired Rancic Lives, which was like when he was the most sympathetic. And uh they they had to change the ending of the show and they had to change aspects of rancid character because he would have been too sympathetic of a terrorist villain <laughs> but the issues the the political issues that they were facing during that year of power rangers was huge that that was a grand undertaking to like go against like xenophobia in the way they did and the issue that they handled that and instead they're like wait wait, wait no we can't tackle xenophobia because 911 happened <laughs> we need yeah. to actually yeah. be xenophobic right right sorry sorry we need to right. actually be xenophobic 
And, you know, thankfully, for the most part, they still came up with a really good season. And it turns out, like, all of the bad shit that I was talking about in Time Force happened because of the suits, essentially, coming well, in and saying, hey, we need to make this. Because they were basically saying that the, the Sentai is called Time Ranger, so there's going to be time travel. And it's going to be amazing because we can go into the future and keep up the space themes that, that the kids seem to love and all this other stuff. Then they were like, no, fuck, the Japanese actually made it about the Matrix, dog. We didn't actually look into the series, dog. We just <laughs> took the name at face value. And so they're like, ah, the market execs were like, ah, we fucking hate this. We want to be back in space where the profits are to the moon. So like, you know, like then we get ended up and it, it, this happens. This, this happened constantly over the years, right? It happened with Turbo. It happened with um, Kendricks. Remember how we were saying that Kendricks was going to be a leader ranger? Well, yeah. Fuck. She got leukemia and they had to write her out of the show. And then, they, then their replacement, Cassie, they were having labor issues with. So then fucking Ca uh, Cassie didn't get put on as the pink ranger. Um, so uh, it ended up being Astronema. So yeah. like these market execs come in and actively fuck it all up. And and it, it fucking sucks. And then it, it come to find out that like they actually disliked Lightspeed Rescue. They disliked Lightspeed Rescue actively because it was a rescue season and it didn't have some like weird cool element about it. And that they just played it for the most part straight of the Sentai because they couldn't think of a way to like really go outside of the the Sentai footage. And I'm like, this is like the best fucking season you guys did because of that. And and it ha it has I, I think it has something to do with I'm sorry to go on this like huge fucking tirade, but like all of the bad shit that I was like clearly saying was fucking bad was not because the writer was bad necessarily. So just like one thought I have about something you said toward the beginning uh, is uh, how in uh, you know one of the seasons right after 9/11 uh, they really uh, like intensified the xenophobia. And yeah, well, watch especially during the second episode. Yeah, I just whatever the little like like gray foot soldier dudes are, I can't remember their names. They're like a uh -huh. like a they've always been in Power Rangers. Even as a little kid, I thought it was weird that the villains were a totally homogenous group. But in this, in Wild Force, especially in the second episode, I think there were some steps in the by the writer's room or the suits to uh, uh, kind of uh, point that out in a more direct way than I would have expected on a, on a children's show. You no, know, it really goes against the grain of everything that's come before. So we'll get into that shortly. Let's start at the beginning. So Lionheart is the season premiere Power Rangers Wild Force. Um, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> this immediately begins with just, the absolute most insensitive thing they've done yes. to indigenous people yet in the history of Power Rangers. I Where's don't know Turbo? why. It's, hard to, it's, hard. It's, hard. it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to imagine something being worse than this. It's worse simply because they play into it so much over the course of the season. If it was more isolated. Or like the Turbo, if that had been like a recurring theme in Turbo as opposed to something they just did in the movie once, maybe it'd be different. But like this influences the entire rest of the season in this weird 
way a lot and it's just cringe all the time i well, guess because it's the seed of evil right and then from here it sprouts into a monstrous plant like um we'll, because we'll get- to me it just reads it's just tarzan i'm just like you know it's just fucking disney's tarzan but as a fucking power ranger well like we'll we'll get to this like as we move into the second episode but there were some there were some lines in the second episode about this power ranger that i thought were fucking insane and i couldn't believe yeah. made it on yeah. to the screen with how he's referred to by his fellow rangers oh yeah no everyone fucking is, sucks everyone is fucking shitty even what you've just described and I, I believe me grab i'm not saying it's your intention to be problematic by saying it but i'm saying it's a it's an inherently problematic thing to say oh well he's just george of the jungle because george of the jungle was just literally raised by like the monkeys and the trees right. and stuff. but yeah. this guy lived with a tribe and yet is like this george of the jungle character that's that on its face is just so wildly problematic and implies so many things about like indigenous peoples and stuff and like so- they, there's so many times that they emphasize this like the the first time that the other rangers meet Cole, I'm sorry to jump ahead, but I just have to. Mm. They they mention, oh, he needs a bath. Yes. As if, yes. As if tribal people didn't bathe more it's, than Europeans. They also just in the two just in the two episodes I watch, like that's a bit that they keep going back to. Yeah. Also, in like I don't know how problematic this is to say, but Really, they did not have to make the um, indigenous character the the Red Ranger. I oh. couldn't. I couldn't. Like once that came into my <laughs> brain, I was like, I just I couldn't forget about it. Like every time he transformed, I was like, that we, that has to be intentional. I agree. I didn't think that it was. I, I forgot that the bathing thing was this episode. I thought it was the next episode. Well, they that's the only reason why I was saying like, oh yeah, I I remember the first episode not being that egregious, but then like as it went on, it just continued to be more and more egregious. Yeah, no, the they brought Red it up Ranger, like immediately. So everything begins with Cole. Like he lives in the jungle. He hangs out with monkeys. He swings from vines, etc. And then his tribe is like, it's time for a ceremony. And they're like, the ceremony is get the fuck out of here, Cole. Find your desk. Cole's like, okay. And then he jumps in a canoe and goes to the big city. I have to call out the incredible special effect of him and his canoe rowing to the big city. I was not a fan of that scene. That was James (laughs) and the Giant Peach. It was like 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 junior high AV departments in 2002 were making better content than that. It was I I I'll, I'll keep coming back to the graphics because it feels like intentionally bad, but that was that was one of the funniest things. There's another in the second episode there's a graphic that was I thought was incredibly funny that I'll bring up when we get there. Yeah, but I, I couldn't don't know if they lost some budget, but this does not look nice as nice as time for it at all. I hate this. I, I don't know, like, what else, What other critique I can give you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So he has a couple of clues to help him when he gets to the city. 
photograph of him as a baby with his parents and a red crystal orb. Next up is like the best scene in the whole episode, pretty much, which is like this cool night scene with like the ranger oh, yeah. fighting a monster. And until the rangers start talking, this is kind of hype. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, uh, yeah, no, I felt good about this. This is the one thing that I had fun with. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like a little bit like good Batman cartoon kind of action, but it's live action and it's like really cool at first because it's this is the nighttime scene, right? Yeah, it's like it's nighttime and they're on rooftops and it's smoky and this is it's just the whole vibe, you know, and they're fighting this monster known as an org. That's the name. Oh, yeah. I don't know why this one's called. We don't know. Life. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it. We don't know why they're called orgs. We, I don't know. A different leaving being a separation between demon spirit, whatever, what have you don't know how regular Rangers know that they're orgs. No, they give Yeah, This is like an anti-truther like sort of <laughs> season. They so... don't really give us much here. My 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 like my Adderall the brain heard org and thought of NGOs and decided that the Power Rangers were fighting liberalism in this season. It's not nearly that cool, but it made me feel better about watching. <laughs> <laughs> so this initial fight is cool. And also one of the first Rangers that we see is the like is the White Ranger who is not the sixth Ranger. Or the He's leader cool this hell. season and has like this like pink trim. That is a pretty cool outfit in a lot of ways. Honestly, yeah. that's probably its saving grace. Like if anything can be said about Wild Force is that I actually like the uniforms. I do think that the the claws at the end are kind of I don't know, man. That's a little a too couple far. of the helmets are a little too furry for me, also. Which ones? Like there's one with like some like Neko ears. I forget which one it is, but it's like every time I see that ranger come on screen, I just expect it to be like, ooh, woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> I like Black Bison Ranger. That's the homie. Um, yeah, that's a pretty good scene. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. W one thing quickly is I love that the rangers like wear patches with their identity on them all the time. For some reason, I thought that was incredibly funny. Like, it's not enough that they wear clothes only in the color of their identity, but they wear a helpful patch to remind the viewer which one they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, oh. they definitely toned down the age demographic for this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Rangers at first seem like they're going to beat the Turbine Org, but then another Org shows up. And comes to help out, and the four rangers are not able to win, and so they demorph and they're mad as hell. They're all frustrated, and they're like, "We we need a fifth ranger. We can't do this. It's really important to have a fifth ranger. Also, none of us could possibly lead this group." And the yellow ranger is fucking pissed about that too. No, yeah. we do not need more. Yeah, she's all about thinning profit margins. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, the uh, uh, girl boss. Uh, she's the uh, <laughs> yeah, like great, great value Alicia Silverstone, or like a great value Carrie Fisher kind of. Mm. 
She's I don't know. I just I see I see Alicia Silverstone like <laughs> Yeah, she's she's especially the bombs are being dropped by a woman this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I wonder why. Yeah. It's funny how she gives those vibes like straight from the jump too. She is the the leader prior to the Fifth Ranger's arrival and it's not really discussed why she's sort of ousted when she clearly has more leadership experience. Now she may be like a libertarian weirdo or whatever, <laughs> but like, but just objectively, if the Rangers are trying to like make good decisions, I don't know. It just doesn't, none of this makes sense. So Cole, like I said, he arrives in Turtle Co Cove on a little canoe, just completely ridiculous. He wanders around just sort of accosting locals asking them questions they can't possibly answer <laughs> showing them pictures <laughs> which about like about the picture that he has like this is so light on plot but why 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 did why was he born in like 1942 is yeah. the picture like that immediately like took me out of the episode when they focus on his picture and it's like a black and white picture with that's like what like F like F like FDR style FDR style like fashions on the mom and dad. It's very weird. Yeah, it's definitely like a one of the cheapest cameras you could possibly find in like the nineteen. Yeah, it was taken it with a with a like daguerreotype. It feels like uh, Wild Force was made before any of the other Power Rangers seasons we've seen so far, and that you were just like. Ah, before we continue on with modern Power Rangers, <laughs> I found this Le Gem. Um, <laughs> this, yeah. this, this, this secret season of Power Rangers that came out before any of the others. <laughs> like, that's what this feels like. I just Absolutely. Yeah. That. Absolutely. But, like, when he pulled out the photograph, that's when I was like, yeah, it's Tarzan. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Yes. As yes. soon as he did that, I was like, yeah, no, this Absolutely. is Tarzan. More I less. wish they had just cut the pro all the problematic implications that they add on. If they had just made him like a straight up Tarzan, it would have been fine. But instead, there's like all this weird indigenous face stuff. They could have just make him a veterinarian. Like, They're like, like vets aren't cool. In fact, this this season is anti-veterinarian. We've talked about that. <laughs> you made me lose my train of thought, but I had to point I'm so that out. Sorry. Cole sucks. So he's he wanders around the city just accosting people and then he goes to sleep on a bench uh hanging out with like a stray dog. Oh, I just hate like, you're, I like know what you're about to talk about episode right big, now. Big, yeah, he um, he met big structural Bailey on the street after Elizabeth <laughs> Warren kicked it, kicked him out of the house. So at this point we meet the sort of uh, lieutenant villains for this season, Toxica and Jindrax, they're okay. I don't have a huge problem with them. If the season was better, it's another one of those things where if the season was better, I wouldn't even draw attention to them at all because they're fine in most scenes. Uh, final decision, Kennedy, Jindrax, non-binary icon? I think they're both non-binary icons. Toxica too? Yeah. Okay, I, cool. I've given it some thought. I hey. love, I love when they're in their like, 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 like more human guises that Jindrax keeps his like incredibly weird voice. <laughs> um, it's another like really like like Jindrax disconcerting thing about the like disconcerting <laughs> thing about the episode. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. When like like because like Toxica sounds for lack of a better term, like normal. And then Jindrak sounds like a 12 year old making up a villain voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jindrak's Jindrak's to me, it just sounds like a, or it just looks like a night, like a 40 something year old, maybe 50 something year old white hippie. Definitely done a lot of psychedelics. Oh yes. Oh Jindrak yes. To me sounds a little like the kid who really wanted to be the jocker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it it's the uh it's the like Santa Clara Joker guy without his makeup on. Yeah. So so Toxica and Jindrak steal the dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's yes, this is the level of storytelling that we're at. We don't know um, you don't really know why, right? They 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 want to use it for experiments, we guess. Like they don't really explain all this stuff super well but they have some kind of like jobs in their human guises as like animal handlers and, <laughs> and they mostly abuse that to just like be bad I guess I don't really know what the <laughs> well, uh, they, like they refer to a plot that involves a bunch of stolen animals and then that's never come back to in the episodes I saw. I don't think it's... <laughs> Get used to it. Yeah. Um, Look, I'm not I'm not going to lie. Unless I come on this show again, this is probably the last episode of Power Rangers I'll watch, so... <laughs> no oh, offense. Yeah. I'm so sorry. It's just... This is, like, literally the, the... Like, this is the worst season we've seen in, like, a couple of seasons now. At least about about five, to be exact. Uh, yeah. If, if, that, if that clarifies uh, things for you. It that that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, like I think if I had brought you on for different seasons, you'd be like, "Oh, Pog, dude, why yeah, yeah. you the episodes right now? I totally want to get back into this." But like, literally, it's just like, "Oh man, we had to drag a guest on for this shit." <laughs> we'll bring you back for something. Better. What I well, what I what I told Grav on Twitter is that I feel like I just snorted a bunch of coke and ate a Jordan Peterson level of benzos at the same exact time. That's how watching these made me feel. And like, on top of that, you ate a Jordan Peterson novel. Yes, like I felt, I felt like, like. I felt like I was buzzing from how absurd it was and also like incredibly, incredibly like dragged down and depressed by how like just abject some of the ethical decisions were. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So, so they're stealing animals. So Cole just kind of realizes that they're stealing the dog and sneaks <laughs> after them. This is the level of storytelling. Sneaks after them because, you know, this stray dog is important he finds their animal lab and he lets the animals out and they hear him um, and they go to try to stop him, but he gets away. It's actually less thrilling than how Kennedy described it. it I, that should have been an exciting scene, but it was just like, it just yeah. happened. So many things in this show just happen. Just happen. Yeah. No, there's even like, there's a lack of music. We noticed this a few times while we were watching it. In the Power Rangers before, there would pretty mm -hmm. much always be a little bit of background always. sound music. Diddly, 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 diddly. The only times there wouldn't be would be like maybe at a moment where there's just so much obvious like other sound. But there's pretty much always background music all the time. This is the first season where for some reason there's just long periods of just no music in the background. And there'll just be like people punching each other or something. Yeah. Like, Ugh. 
Yeah, you're you're supposed to like. I guess you're supposed to to feel the impact, but the impact, the the sound design of the impact sucks ass. It just feels like people are lightly jabbing each other and stuff. So it makes all of those scenes worse. Absolutely. So the princess, whatever, is watching Cole. Princess, whatever, is like their mentor, kinda. I can't think of her name. Um, their and, mentor who's in like 30 seconds total of two episodes. Yeah, she's not in the first <laughs> couple episodes all that much. And she's also not all that useful, especially early on in the season. She gets a little more useful later, but my God. The, the mystical princess woman is watching Cole through like divining waters thing. And she's like... Mm-hmm. That's the one. You gotta go get him. So Toxica and Jindrax, they're like, wouldn't it be great if we orgs could be strong again? And then they see Turbine Org flying through the air, and they're like, wait, if the orgs are reawakening, then Master Org must be back. It's time to fuck shit up. Hooray. Orgs of the world unite. And they change into their true Duke Org forms, which are fine. Yeah. They, they're, they're honestly pretty cool looking. It's Master Org who, on the other hand, anyway, well. It looks, it looks like shit. So, so they run off to go, you know, be evil. And then the next morning, Cole wakes up um, on a bench again. And this time he's surrounded by the Power Rangers. And he's like, what's up? Do I know you? And they're like, shut up. You're our leader. And they beat him <laughs> up and they take him away. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> well, and they, they seemed the ranger seemed so like nonchalant and kind of pissed off about it. Like you're with us now, buddy. Come on. You're our leader. Now we have to listen to you. And they start, yeah, they start emphasizing right away that he's going to lead them, which is just bizarre. Yes. So like, <laughs> this is this the is... part where they're all justifying where they're all justifying kidnapping him, right? Yes. Okay. First of all, what the fuck? Second of all, the way they explain it, it's just like terrible. Oh, uh we kidnapped you because you're like us. And then just nod in agreement <laughs> until he's just like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I came here to find my destiny, and you guys are my destiny. Yay. Yeah. Also, uh, strong. by the way, Kennedy, strong choice uh, to have the uh, Red Ranger be Latino and also play indigenous face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> amazing. <laughs> yeah. White, in this case, they didn't go the Carlos approach, by the way, for this season. They went no. the, we're going to have a fully white passing Latino, call it diversity, but treat it as a Tarzan story. Right. Which is insane. Terrible. But yeah, oh no. Uh, none of the Rangers have any real, <laughs> have any real, like, Fuck, man. They have such paper-thin dialogue. You really feel like... I want to harken back to, like, In Space or something like that, where they're, like, trying to convince Andros that they should be a team, right? They go through a whole series of, like, sort of situations, and Andros is not immediately convinced, and the Rangers are just willing to go their separate ways if they have to and, like, keep finding another way. Um. 
Right. This is the exact opposite of that. They literally just press gang this guy. They just beat him up and drag him them away him away to their lair. And they're like, you're a Power Ranger now. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I guess this is my destiny. If this isn't like some weird quasi-military propaganda, I don't know what is. So bizarre. The the scene of him of Cole like waking up on the on the island in the air and like mindlessly running around getting chased by Zorgs. That was one of the many things that I saw that made no absolutely zero sense whatsoever. Like it did not do anything for the story. It was just I thought I I I don't there's so many things about this I do not get at all. No, it doesn't make any sense. You really feel like they could have just sat him down. Yeah. Talked to him a little bit. Yeah. He might not have been convinced like the very first time they tried to like convince him. He's forcibly but, enlisted into the Power Rangers. Yeah. And they're they're just basically stating, hey, like we're like you. We were also outcasts of society. Right. But we're here doing good missions. So we're here doing good things for the world. So yes, we're, you should we're, join we're, us. He should join us no matter what. We're bringing democracy to Turtle Cove. No, we're spreading democracy from <laughs> Turtle Cove. We're exporting it. Oh, God. Um, yeah, so Cole wakes up on their like magical turtle island that the Power Rangers like live on. I was also, and this is maybe a case of me looking too hard, but I was also kind of troubled by the explanation of like, oh yeah, this is the like, animal spirit kingdom and the this the animal spirits guide us and it's like i don't know that just seems it's appropriative yeah that's not like it's not like like science fiction or fantasy which is what power rangers is built on it's just like it's just like indigenous appropriation it just it felt so like and it felt so shoehorned in like there are so many other ways that you could explain. so many ways like so many ways. like our zords or animal avatars yeah, this is what happens when you don't like when you don't fire bad writers. Because like as we're talking about this Kennedy, I just keep getting reminded of the Power Rangers Turbo movie and also Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie. Mhm. Um I just get reminded of that shit and I'm like the only reason why we got that was because of bad writing to push for like some sort of big blockbuster franchise movie that appeals to everyone, right? The whole accessibility thing, which also brought on a bunch of other issues, too, because we had to keep having a new cast every season, you know, in an effort for accessibility. One, like once the, it's constantly a battle of like mar the marketing team versus the writing team and how they have to push for sales. And like you want good writing, but capitalism is just like, nah, son, <laughs> this line need to go up, baby. If this was made in the modern era, I would joke that they hired these writers off of Fiverr. Yeah, like th this whole this whole situation yeah, that, that we get bad. put in with this this writing, it just feels like such a huge regression, and it feels like we're going back to those politics mm -hmm. of when Haim mm -hmm. Saban was like, "I'm gonna sign this contract, and we're gonna get this done, no matter what." Honestly, these are the worst politics yet. Well. Like it's hard, it's hard not to see like the militaristic uh, aspects of this. Alien Ranger, this is worse. This is worse than Zeo Quest. This is worse than casting Tommy as the Red Ranger and making him have an indigenous background. Yeah, it's worse than all of it. I'm sorry. It's a it's I a consistency it. of it. I think like 
yeah, like it, and it, it, the two episodes I watched of this, like there's like a, obviously like a concerted effort <laughs> to like push these themes into the show. And it's, and it's hard not to think about like the time period that this was made and like who Haim Saban is and like what he puts his money towards outside of Power Rangers and right. wonder about the like uh, xenophobic, militaristic, fascist aspects of this show. Yeah, yeah. There's an argument to be made that like, you know, there's levels to this representation thing rather than just like a binary you either are being well represented by a piece of media or not and i think zeo quest for instance was problematic in a lot of ways but was still relatively attempting to like be like hey you know um global multiculturalism is kind of good we you know we're these people are all benefiting from like a multicultural background it was handled really problematically but like you can see like an underlying like they weren't trying to present like some kind of xenophobic message. It was very much the opposite here. It wasn't cynical. Right here. Everything is cynical and xenophobic and mean and like gross. Like it's just really overt and bad, which so like so, I think I see what you're saying. So basically it's like the 90s neoliberal versus like hat propping up an oppressed identity to further justify imperialism. Yeah. Yeah. It, this is, this is just a lot more problematic. This is not an attempt. Like I say, this is not an attempt at like some kind of positive multiculturalism at all. Right. Got it. So Cole wanders around the freaking floating turtle Island. I'm not going to spend a bunch of time talking about his weird magical journey on the Island or whatever. This is just dumb. They should have just, First of all, it why sucked. did they just abandon him on a random spot on the island, not just like wake him up at the temple place, whatever thing, and be like, hey, welcome to our island. We're sorry for being dicks before. Let, let us explain to you. But instead, he just wanders around the island, kind of has some jungle adventures. And then he shows up finally um, where the princess is. And it's this place is called the Animarium. And this is where the Wild Force Power Rangers do their thing. This is the Bat Cave, except it's a floating island full of monkeys. And um, also, all the while we're talking about the fact that this is like a highly indigenous appropriative season, all this turtle shit, not good either. A turtle island? Like, come on. Come on. Yeah. Get, get real yeah. with me. So then all the rangers, as Cole's like, I'm not exactly sure about this still. And then all the rangers pull out, oh, they have a colored crystal gem just like he does and his is red he needs to be the red ranger ta-da uh, it's the he... lamest shit ever it looks like a fucking like <laughs> you go to like a fucking um you go to the fucking uh bodega down the street and you you put like yes. a fucking quarter in the machine for a little toy for your for your kid or whatever because they go daddy daddy i want a toy i want a toy you put a fucking quarter in it you you bust it out it's a rubber ball with a little animal in it that's that's the same fucking shit it doesn't look any better other than the fact that they might have cgi'd it to like make it glow in certain instances like and this is a fucking toy cool. This is a fucking toy that you're supposed to buy for your kids. It's just like, what the fuck were they thinking? And it's like, yeah, Not sure. Cool if, if the Sentai, I get it. If like the Sentai fucked up too, 
But there's better ways of presenting this shit. Like, encase this shit in glass. You know what I'm saying? At least for the fucking show that's supposed to be a commercial. Like, what is this? You could have made it just look like a gemstone. Yeah. Like, yeah. it looks stupid. Like It does. And I mean that in a, like, loving way, kind of. Like, they tried too little on most of the show, but they tried way too hard on some aspects. And for some reason, they tried too hard on, like, the fucking magic marble that they carry around. It's ridiculous. Speaking of things that also suck our stupid try hard look good the morphers oh. are also revealed oh, yes. around this time and Holy the morphers such a like... fucking disconnect too from from the rest of the plot elements of the fucking show sorry it's like sorry. a weird self flip phone morpher in the in the animal season okay my favorite part of these two episodes are that the guy cole that the writing the writers make sure to point out at every turn as a fish out of water has no idea what technology does immediately understands the use of a cell phone morpher and can use it i thought that rocked that's just a, this is such a fun creative decision <laughs> he um, he had zero also, training on how to be a power ranger he just whipped out his fucking cell phone and started kicking ass the morphing sequence is the most cursed one since Turbo. It's not quite as cursed as Turbo, where like their bodies were like physically morphed in these Ugh. grotesque ways. But, but like the cell phone turning into like a cell phone ninja or whatever, imposing a cell phone robot, cell phone robot, fucking that shit was not good. <laughs> and then like. I like the way the suit fits on the people, though. That's cool. Suit's fine. Yeah. No, yeah. Suit, like, the, like the way, like the way. I think the sequence where the suit goes onto the person is pretty cool, and it's especially pretty fucking cool when the yellow falcon Zord mouthpiece that's like always over CGI'd because they're like, we need to make this look cool as fuck as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. So it does this like falcon roar type shit. Yeah, like it just like roars into the head and morphs onto the the yellow ranger and that that's that's fun. That's always fun. Yeah. I I don't get bored of seeing that. I will say that. Especially when we see that zord particularly on screen. But yeah. The rangers morph and go fight the the two orgs eventually win. <laughs> there's, there's nothing really special about this fight. Yeah, it's just it just it just happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and to clarify, more- like I don't think we're as jaded as we might sound to be about Power Rangers at this point. It's not like we've watched a hundred seasons right. of Power Rangers. Like they do the kicky punchy and they win. It's just more or less like nothing particularly of interest happens, nor is it even well choreographed. So I can't even like right. really compliment it on that front either. Well, and like like something something that I I remember from some of the like watching Power Rangers when I was a kid is that it did have like genuinely pretty decent fight choreography this was so just it was just abject mm-hmm. there it, it was so it was just it was kind of boring <laughs> and like i don't like i don't think people can accuse you two of being a little jaded from watching so much power rangers because i have not 
and I thought it was boring. Like there's no um there's no like tension or cool moves. It was just kind of like color by numbers Power Rangers fight. You fight don't seem very high. You lose a little bit, you call out the Zorgs, you win. Yeah. I think the the cool part about this, the best moment about this is when they all like stick out their blades because they have like Oh yeah. The gemstones of the Zords go inside the blades and they sun and they whip out the blades to summon the Zords. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they use this like sort of King Arthur's light type deal, holy sword type shit. Yeah. And then they all aim it at the the final enemy and it does this like they all like do a combined blast. That stuff's good. I like that part. Mm-hmm. But again, this is also in the context of everything else. I think the uh, the main notable thing that I could say about the fight is that when the Rangers get introduced, they smack the ground. Yes, with because the, they have they have the furry paws. Yeah, in the they hands. Do this weird ground slash. They like thing. they like you know they you ever you and the homies ever just slap the ground twice when you're about to start a fight. Yeah, it's like a it's like a really it's like playing basketball against a really try hard guy who slaps the ground when they play defense. I, um, when the first one personal experience did it, well. I was kind of like, <laughs> all right. Yeah, like uh, if they're all gonna do a little animalistic like moves, that would be cool here. But then they all did the same kind of thing, and I was kind of like, hmm. Yeah, like the <laughs> other previous seasons, they all had their own like particular pose. In this one, every single one slaps the ground and then does like a, a sort also, of like, slightly different pose. I, al- yo. Also, they all have claws, including the shark guy, which. That's also like a very cool creative decision yeah, that I loved it. about this is that the shark just flies through the, the shark or just flies through the air. It has no like water powers. It just flies through the air and, and bites the enemies and, and the guy and the guy has claws. Yeah. Like a shark does famously. Yeah. I loved it. I like the suit designs. I just want to clarify no. and say that I like the suit designs. I think flat out. I, I don't necessarily like the claws. I think as time goes on, you'll, you'll come to find out as you get more and more into the season that uh, Cole's acting abilities and then like combined with the, the bodysuit actor antics on screen with the claws just makes it uh, pretty cringe, dude. <laughs> like, Yeah. <laughs> so... <clears throat> Lionheart basically concludes, and there's no fun scene at the end of this, by the way. Like a lot of Power Rangers recent seasons, they've done a really good job of like after the battle, there's like fun scenes to help conclude some of the like character ideas or B plots or just like progress those things or whatever. There's none of that. There's very little of that at all this season. Like, because the characters aren't interesting and they aren't changing that much or doing much. There's a couple of episodes where the characters are interesting and that's it. It's very much a void compared to previous seasons. So anyway, um, so basically Lionheart concludes uh, they beat up the two orgs. One of them's defeated utterly. Turbine Org gets away and runs into the two Duke Orgs. And the Duke Orgs are like Toxica and... Uh, Jindrax. Jindrax are like, hey, listen, you're here because Master Org is back. So get back in the fight. We got the thing for you, buddy. And they make them big. And then they pull out the Zords. And the Zords do not form a Megazord in this episode. They just beat them. 
so the 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 duke orgs uh making uh the the turbine org bigger leads to an incredible line from the princess where she says uh, i didn't think they could get that big yeah there's a lot of sexual very funny um (laughs) i miss like the next like 30 seconds of the episode from laughing yeah 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 (laughs) i was gonna say the the follow-up line was also a good quotable yeah the only thing that wild force really has notable in this is the comebacks like there's a lot of like one-liners and singers that that go back and forth between the bad guys and the good guys, and it's like sometimes it's really the only thing that keeps you going. Yeah, truly. <laughs> really? Those were those were also cringe, but in a like a fun way. Like I yes. I did enjoy that. It was it was very very bad dialogue, but in a fun way. I wish the I wish it was all like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we get to episode two, Darkness Awakens. Oh boy. Yeah, this I believe so. Things really go downhill. So if the last <laughs> episode was like. Just to clarify, I'm going to start this off by saying episode two of this show. I know Kennedy like has already alluded to it, but this is an awful episode and it's not going to be in our best at worst. But just know it's one of the worst episodes. Probably the it, worst episode. It was a contender to be in the best and worst. This is Even on like though, season. This is on like season two Ranger transition levels. Bad. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Uh, we're 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 like it's like close to goose egg. So, what do you even? Th- I'm we, sorry. Come on, we gotta get through right. this. <laughs> Cole uh, wakes up on the Animarium. Is like getting used to living there again. The other la- Rangers live there. And then in Turtle Cove, there's a new org running around the city. It looks like barbed wire. It's called barbed wire org. So I like I like this org because he started off the episode with an all cops are bastards statement by barbed wiring a, a cop in the, into their car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was, was very funny. Sweet. Yeah. That's probably that's a good highlight. <laughs> that's for sure. A curdle of good stuff. Nothing good happened after this. <laughs> yeah, this this is when it all it all comes falling apart. So Princess, I guess her name is Shayla. I think that's right. If you insist. Um, Princess Shayla meets up with the Rangers. It is basically like, I don't have any useful information about what's going on. <laughs> we're we're back to turbo, baby. <laughs> uh, and some of the yeah, it's a, it's a lot like the the completely useless mentor in turbo um once again haim saban was very much hurt by a woman in his life maybe his mother (laughs) Um, and it comes out in a lot of different ways over the various seasons whatever he needed from his mom he was like mom i bruised my knee or whatever and she's like let the bruises guide you son or something i don't know (laughs) um (laughs) and that oh my god that's how we get characters like this. So, so Princess Shayla is like, I don't know nothing about nothing about these orgs, really. And the rangers, some of the rangers are kind of like, whatever. And some of the rangers are kind of like, this is going to be a problem. They can get big now. <laughs> um, also, like they eat like breakfast, just like in this like weird jungle temple setting. I I in I remember the like the in the original Power Rangers series, 
they would show like slices of the rangers normal life like a point was made to show that like these are like normal teenagers and they go to school and have jobs or like whatever and in these two episodes they literally just hang out in a in an animal temple on an island that floats in the sky Alyssa goes to college the rest of them are just hanging yeah, out yeah and they and they like are like kind of like poke fun at her for like going to school they're like <laughs> how do you how do you have time to be normal it 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 reminds you of like when like uh, a group of people move in together after high school so they can all go to college and then slowly all of them Everyone drop out, out. One. <laughs> and like what that one is like super dedicated do, you know doing the yeah. work all the time and the rest of them are just like they, they're either dropped out or they're effectively dropped out and they're just partying all the time yeah like that's the vibe so the rangers get an alert which comes in the form of like water bubbling yep um that the that there's an org in the city so they they take off uh um, princess shayla is an imposter right i know she's supposed to be like the sort of zordon character but what ends up coming across is that like she's someone who stumbled upon the animal temple i think she, princess like, shayla is one of those people that like has been inheriting <laughs> a, a basically worthless title you know what i mean like like there's like a whole lineage of people before her that were just do nothing hanging around this temple, like vibing in the jungle. And then like she's the one after all these generations who's finally expected to do something and like no one prepared her for it at all. See, I don't I don't even get like a tutor vibe from her. I'm gonna be honest with you. As far as I know, she's like most of her most of her character is being a a scanner for for orcs. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I saw. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jindrax and Toxica find the birthplace of the orgs. This place called the Nexus. They're like, ah, our birthplace. Like, it's like opened up and we can go there again. This is amazing. And they're kind of like marveling at these statues and things. And they're they're kind of like excited about like, yes, let's. Let's raise a mighty army and conquer the earth and all this stuff. And then suddenly Master Org appears and like they bow down low to the ground and Master Org starts berating them and then praising them and berating them and praising them. This is basically his mode. And Master Org isn't cool at all. He's like the least cool thing you've ever seen. Yep. Uh, Master Org looks like uh, someone doing a low budget cosplay of an obscure Dragon Ball Z villain. Yeah. And not even like a cool villain. Like, no, just like, like just what it like was like, one. like Deborah's, what if Deborah's minions? Like that type of, that type of level of like cosplay. It's like, really? You picked one of those out just, of all of the Dragon Ball Z characters? From the Frieza Force. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You couldn't even pick Zarbon? <laughs> couldn't even be Ginyu <laughs> it's like um, worse than like I'm trying to think of like if I think all of the Dragon Ball Z character designs are better than Master Org like every single Toriyama made character looks better than this flat out yeah. flat out I can't really disagree with that because this sucks <laughs> immensely <laughs> Master I, I get that to an extent it's supposed to be a plot point. 
but yeah, they... but like it looks like it looks like a fucking like uh, it looks it, like some it, like still... Nordic guy yeah. in his forties yeah. fucking putting on like a, a rubber suit on with like an eye attached. Yes. It looks like it looks like like your uncles put on like your one of your uncles put on like a a fake Hulk Hogan Halloween costume with like the the fake muscles on the outside. <laughs> like running around the backyard like hey everybody like that it's just so bad it's such a bad vibe anyway so master org is like yes let's take over the world etc but he's being a little uh mysterious also he's like hey there's an org out there so go deal with that don't don't ask me too many questions so also cole hinted before they left that he thought he had a special way to deal <laughs> with the orgs. What, give me, give um, me like one moment. Give me one moment because I know you're gonna say something that I have to react to, and I gotta plug my laptop in. So one second. Oh Jesus! Fuck. <laughs> oh, this is a nightmare world. This was this was like so bad. It was ended up circling around and being kind of enjoyable. It, it was like I don't know. I just. It drove me nuts. I loved it. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. All right. So the Rangers get to barbed wire org first. And specifically, the Rangers are out looking for barbed wire org, and Cole and Taylor find him first. And Cole's like, listen, and like flutes and drums. And just all kinds of whatever insensitive stereotype music start fading in. He's like, listen, the heart of the animal speaks to me. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this org do the same thing. I have that power. And Taylor's like, are you on drugs? have to tell me if you're on drugs right now there's a rehab center nearby um, <laughs> Cole approaches barbed wire org and he's like listen barbed wire org stop the madness let's smoke this joint and feel it out just have it just have a a a a, a session Talk it out, bro. Barbed wire org is just like, ha ha ha, you dumbass. What are you talking about? And Cole like closes his eyes and taps into the fucking whatever. And uh, then he opens them after a little while of like more flutes and drums. And he's like, this thing has no heart. How is this possible? So this is a huge moral departure from all of the Power Rangers previous because every single previous season of the Power Rangers has emphasized the idea that good and evil are you know not as clear-cut as it seems and that someone may be evil and beyond redemption in a certain sense but it doesn't necessarily mean all of their ideas or actions are entirely unjustified or that they you know they, they were not truly wronged by society in some way you know um mm -hmm. and rancic is like kind of the pinnacle of this kind of storytelling in a lot of ways but this goes all the way back to the beginning rita and zed are 
you know, eventually redeemed. Uh, some other villains are eventually, you know, Astronema, of course, is another really notable one that exemplifies this, where she's eventually redeemed. This is this is a huge, absolute moral change for the Power Rangers that goes against everything that the Power Rangers has ever done before. The villains, again, they may have been too cruel, too authoritarian, too violent, too fascist, whatever, to actually listen to. But they always had some compelling elements to their backstories that made it kind of all make sense. This is the first season where the villains are just evil because they're evil. That's it. That's right. The people that you're told are your enemies have no hearts, no souls, and you cannot ever reason with them. They're just killing machines. They're just killing machines. They they uh, they hate uh, Turtle Cove for its freedom. It's fucked. It's a very fucked message. And yeah, I mean, as messed up as it was in Lightspeed Rescue that like effectively the residents of Mariner Bay were imperialists <laughs> that had forced out the demons. The demons were really nasty and evil. And like the ultimate I commentary that this like allowed for, you know, had some interesting things to say about different things and kind of allowed, you know, you to view things in different lights throughout the season. But again, this is just nothing like that. Boom. The orgs have no motivation. They just want to take away your freedom. Does that sound like anything else you were hearing right after 9-11? Yep. Yeah. So this is fucked. This is so fucked. This episode isn't even like a goose egg. This is like the first time I'm going to break the scale in the other direction. And so that <laughs> this is like a negative, not even one, but like five. Like this episode shouldn't exist, not just in the canon of Power Rangers, but it shouldn't exist as a piece of television that was made. <laughs> it's terrible. And, and even without this morality, it would be like a zero, but the morality right. drags it so far down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I just... This shit it's sucks! Tu it's, it, it's tough to watch. Yeah. It sucks. The, it's a, it's a departure from what we've loved about the Power Rangers. Yep. I guess to bring up something slightly redeeming is that I thought that this fight scene was pretty good. Like I had fun watching it. Barbed wire org is a cool monster. Looks cool. Um, okay. So that, that brings me to the second piece of graphics that like completely like, like made me disassociate, which is when, <laughs> which is when there's a first person perspective of barbed wire org shooting barbed wire at the Rangers. And it looks like, someone drew barbed wire on the the film cell <laughs> and made like a flip book for that scene. I actually really um, enjoyed that too. That, that was, was cool. fucking incredible. I loved it. But I thought I thought the fight scene was pretty good. Um I enjoyed I the uh, fights. I enjoyed the Megazord. Um although it's still really funny how Cole is like perfectly at home and high technology um with no training <laughs> so let's talk about the megazord right so sure. as you know the rangers find a way to beat up the beat up the uh the org through the i believe it's the savage sword that they use to cut them in half or something no they don't they, they don't start that shit yet okay okay well it was they, it was something like it was something with their sword i can't remember what they called it oh maybe it was maybe it, I'm just thinking about they start getting these more Zords, which could be cool, 
but just isn't because the season sucks. Anyway, yeah. um so they do this like savage sword move which I which kills it in one shot and uh so at Toxica does the whole we're going to raise it from the dead and make it big and it's going to be the last stand of the monster. Let's do it. So the Zords, he's Cole has this like galaxy brain moment. So Kennedy, <laughs> you mind describing this moment? <laughs> like where where he figures out about the Zords? I mean, I think you should describe it. You clearly have the vivid memory. <laughs> so Cole is like the lion sword is speaking to me. It says one is better than two. And I think this means that we need to combine our Zords. And they're all like, oh, good idea, Cole. Let's fucking go. And yeah. They... <laughs> like, again, the indigenous guy is the only one that, like, can he hear their Zords speak to them. Yeah. It's just another little, like, there's just, like, all these little nuggets of, of problematic stuff that they can't help but throw into the episodes. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's just it Cole. It's just Cole's character, like yeah. in general. Cole, it's just Cole's character. Like it's not. It's not enough to just say, "Oh, there's like one or two instances where this is like really bad," or a couple of more instances. It's just Cole's character yeah. as a whole yeah. at Absolutely. every single turn. At every single turn, and the acting is also bad, which doesn't help Hor the character at all. Horrific. Because <laughs> you could like yeah. definitely Dang spin. It. I'm sure you can like spin some of these lines and improv your way to like better portrayals than this than what we got but essentially what we got is smallville acting across the fucking board <clears throat> just across the fucking board but terrible stuff yeah moving on from that one better than two combined zords the black bison zord Genius. has this really fucking weird mouth animation that they were just like we need to go hard in the fucking <laughs> when we animate this shit holy fuck so like the black yeah. bison sword has the over exaggerated facial animation the the eagle sword also has a really over exaggerated mouth animation <laughs> when it does it's like cry um, yes as it's like morphing into the sword and then the sword morphs and the Zord also has an over-exaggerated facial animation to prove that it's wild. Because we're Power Rangers, Wild Force, baby! When the Megazord roars, the Megazord's design is okay, I don't really hate it, but when the Megazord roars, I hate that so much. That provokes so much anger from me. <laughs> like, yeah. there's something important to me personally about big mecha if they have a face that just sort of passive unmoving face like that's like a something i just really like about a lot of the genre all the all the megazords have been like that if they've had like a distinctive face it's just been this passive unmoving yeah somewhat stern face uh, a lot of gundam is like that and like i i just like that kind of thing you know um, this is when the Megazord roars again. It's just like <laughs> makes my brain and spirit both want to leave my body. They like, change this as the season goes on, but like initially, the way they go into the Zords is they they like mind meld with it. They they leap yeah. and they like oh, yes. they like 
dive right. They jump and like do like a skydive pose so right bizarre. into the brain of the Zord. Which like that could have been cool if it was like more explicitly shown as like some sort of like mind meld of like animal and man or in robot. But instead they just like melted through its body and landed in the control room. Yeah. That, like it doesn't have controls. They just like lay their hands on a keyboard and <laughs> control the, the megazord. Kennedy and I have I've explained before that like the way the lore of the Zords work is typically just like you have a connection through the grid to your Zord when it's assigned right. to you, right? It's like sort of like a spiritual connection through the grid. This one just like everything's organic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like you just you just you just physically meld into the cockpit of the Zord's brain and and you operate it through feeling. Yep. <sighs> Rough stuff. They do that. They do that whole. Uh, I think this is the Zord fight where they do the whole uh, double fisticuffs thing where you have one scene where the Zord is punching the screen and then the other scene where the other hand is punching the screen. Is that right? Maybe. So they borrowed this technique from like Power Rangers season three, if you remember Mighty Morphin. Okay. Um, when they had some of those other Zords, I think it was like they had a wolf Zord in that one too in the early in the early parts mm -hmm. of the season where they did this like cut and i'm like dog you can't be doing this it's it's 2002 uh it's not 1992 yeah like th there's there's no excuse for this shit especially since like the ratings were on the upswing you know what i'm saying like that's the whole fucking yeah. shit like i don't understand like the ratings were good and like they just decided to tank it so like we couldn't even enjoy the zord fight that much because despite Despite being some sort of like Wild Force-esque Zord that you think would have some interesting moves, it does get some later on in the season. But like <laughs> in this one, it's just like, we're, we're right back in 1995, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> so what, what's like lasted in my brain the longest from both of these two episodes is after, after the, the, the like, climatic fight to this episode when they go back to the uh you know air temple island or whatever the uh first off the other rangers tackle cole and forcibly make him bathe while calling him monkey boy at least once yep again kind of hard to like think that that's uh like an accident or they didn't know what they were doing with that yeah it's it's like 2002 by this point like yeah really this is that era where they were doing a lot of this stuff but it's like it's you can't really say they didn't know better the way like if you were watching something if if we were all this came out in the 80s and we had all watched it it had this same kind of thing in yeah. it yeah that was definitely more acceptable culturally by, you know, in that time to have these kinds of things and not necessarily understand the implications of what you were doing fully. They, they, they knew better and they did it anyways. How the existence. I'm just going to, I'm going to come out with this take that I think is like pretty well known, but I think we should just state it here. I, I guess like white people 
who are of like a certain obviously not i wouldn't i would say like i'm not going to generalize it that far but i am going to say that like white people in media hate the ex and obviously in politics as well hate indigenous people like there is like like it's seen as like an existential threat because we we and you know like th there's that there's this whole like it's all it's been stated before of like you know we we consider native americans as like the cavemen you know right. whatever like it's that far mm -hmm. ago and all that yeah. stuff when it really isn't yeah. and like Not this all. was the second go around right like if you were gonna like do another indigenous story of like a sort of coming to america from whatever indigenous land that you want to invent for the purposes of the show just hire a fucking native american right you know and hire like, a native like just, american just, writer yeah that too like just do that because the why? really needed someone in the room who understood <laughs> anything no we can't say this is their first attempt like nine white guys and one white woman that they bullied if she like asked for too much in terms of like cutting back on the nonsense you know right. <laughs> yeah it, it's just like this is the second go around this isn't the first go around where we're just like yo like damn son racism in the 90s still well and alive just especially apparent against the native americans right but it's just like yeah. nah man like i think it's just ingrained that like because of portrayals of of native american in our education that constantly gets whitewashed and then it translates to the media that we produce there's just something about it being like an existential threat that even when they try and do woke racism no, because we know that they know better. Again, that's the point that we're trying to make is that there, if you go back into older media, sometimes you kind of feel like the people involved didn't entirely know better um, than what they were doing in some cases, which doesn't excuse the racism, but it's still not as bad as knowing better and then still deciding to be 100% racist. And we can look back through previous seasons of the Power Rangers for our absolute proof that they knew better because they've done better than this so many times, even in ways that, you know, again, weren't perfect, maybe weren't great, were even bad, but we're still better. Well, like, like racism in, in movies and TV in the eighties was so like pervasive yet kind of subtle. Like it was just, it was just like a part of, of everything. This seems because of the time, time it was made seems like they were like flexing about it and celebrating it feels so much more like intentional because of the time that it's made in yeah um and and that's what that's what like kind of like made me jump out of my chair at the end of this episode like after everything after everything we've already talked about in these two episodes like to end it with that just seems like like you're taking a victory lap about being able to put this on TV in 2002 for kids. Yeah. Um and that that's what drove me that's what drove me a little like nuts watching this is how um like blatant and kind of like celebratory it seemed. Like it's just so it's just so like obviously fucking bad. Like even I feel like even like racist people would be like, "Yeah, you can't really put that on TV. That's kind of weird." Yeah. It, it yeah, it 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 blew me away.
Well, and this is like one of those attempts to sort of brownwash racism too, right? Because it's oh like, yes, like we're we're doing all this racism, but at the same time, like it's not a white all... guy doing it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. It's not, yeah. it's not. It's in fact, this is in contrast to last season. This is a less white season. We have one white ranger, right? Like, and then. There's one problematic <laughs> Latino, <laughs> white passing Latino ranger. Go on, Kennedy. And then there's three rangers of color. <laughs> so you have like, this is one of the least white seasons in a lot of ways. And that even makes it taste worse in the mouth in some ways. Absolutely. Like, we have all this representation, but it's not representation. It's assimilation because these people aren't being represented. There's no cultural representation that's positive. And instead, they're all being used to apologize for imperialism. So that's like so many levels of egregious when you're doing that sort of thing, you know, just like obviously taking... contracted by the DOD too. like you could tell the <laughs> DOD had a hand in, in all of this. Well, like because after 9-11, they, they upped the um, amount of money that the military had to try to influence media. Yeah. So. All right, now that we've d got done discussing just how awful this shit is, rate and review. Bob, you already reviewed pretty much everything you had to say uh, about the episode just a couple of minutes ago. What would you rate these episodes out of 10, the first and the second? You could break the scale if you want to. I mean, I have, so I have no like frame of reference for this, but the first episode, I'll judge it on a curve and give it a three. Episode two is like, a zero at best. It's hard to imagine it being worse. Maybe it's possible, but I don't have a frame of reference. I, I, it was so bad. It was just awful. I think the first episode for me is also, I was going to say the first episode for me is also a three. There's still some, there's still some, the, the Sentai footage is good. I think just point blank. I think the Sentai footage is good um, in the first episode. And I think that's what, that's what holds it up. Also like, I like Danny. Like, I know we didn't really talk about the other Rangers that much outside of Cole because Cole is that problematic. And also gets almost all the screen time. Oh, yes. Yep. Gets 90% of the screen time. But, like, Danny's pretty fun on screen. Like, he's just a, he's just like a, it's funny how they have a, I think Danny's Latino too. There's not too much to, to, to really find out about him because he doesn't really have too much of a Wikipedia. But, I'm going to say he's most likely Latino of some sort. But Danny Delgado, I find, I look at him and I'm like, that's kind of like me when I was a kid, you know, where he's just kind of like this, he's trying to be nice, trying to be sweet, and he's trying to be empathetic to somebody's cause. Like, I kind of saw myself in him and like I aspired to, I could tell like that was a character that I would have definitely gravitated to when I was a kid because I would have like been inspired to be like this lovable wide boy that Danny Delgado is. <laughs> uh, as the black bison ranger and uh yeah i like him and Alyssa also is kind of okay as well yeah, yeah. definitely it's very clear to me that Alyssa is a better actor than the script not many of the other actors are better than the <laughs> script and the script is already bad but yeah. Alyssa feels the most constrained by the script where she's just like, they're not allowing me to improv these lines. So I have to just deliver them. 
So I could definitely say that, and I like and I like the 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 suit designs as well. I've said that before, but I I, I do like them. Uh, yeah, uh, um, Elizabeth's portrayal is relatively human and believable, and how she plays it, and her character seems kind of interesting. And she has the coolest ranger suit. Yeah, and so also like the one for me the... by the end of these two episodes, but it's just like a narrow kind of like there's Silver only lining. a few slightly likable characters here the one yeah. ranger with like a normal semi-normal life i will say this the well little adjusted. bit i got yeah the, the little bit i got of danny was already like the only like from the first from just just to put it i know we're, we're stretching this but like just to put it into perspective on how bad this is everybody is pretty much like trini levels of like bad but like None of the good stuff that I liked about Trini. <laughs> so like we're approaching like D low D to F territory for most of these Rangers. <laughs> Danny and Alyssa are kind of like the silver linings here with Alyssa, unfortunately, just getting like the shaft of like the writing. But, you know, th those silver linings, I think, do count as along with the Sentai footage. So I give the first episode a three. But, yo, like, yeah, second episode is like a zero. Uh, at best. Uh, stretch at best. Yeah, I would say. And I didn't really realize just how much I didn't like it because I knew that the second episode was horrible, especially from the imperialism route. But then like, yo, like Cole's character was problematic from the jump and quite a bit throughout episode one. But they kind of played up the Tarzan sort of approach to it a lot more. But then by the second episode, it's just like, nah, son, like. You're you're just gonna get treated like every other Native American gets treated in America, and we're well, gonna and prop you up as a tool for imperialism. I I forgot to drop this in, but before the other Rangers like forcibly bathe him, he literally swings around their home on a rope, which yeah. I thought was also a little too much. Like we get it, you didn't have to like literally, literally yeah. make him Tarzan. We got it. We we got it immediately. Actually, <laughs> yeah too much kennedy i think episode one is like a three as well for me but even that i feel like is kind of at best and i kind of want to give it a two i really don't like it that much in fact i am going to give it a two because really the only scene i like in episode one is the first fight scene at night on the rooftops during that moment i was very hopeful still for what was to come I was like that. Okay, we just got through a really bizarrely racist beginning, and I'm already off put. But at least this part looks like hopeful, and maybe the season will sort of steer in the right direction, and we'll sort of remember this as a huge and ugly misstep, but ultimately, you know, a season that paid off or something. But no, so that's the only. That was the final moment I had hope was the rooftop nighttime fight scene at the beginning of episode one. And so for that reason, I'll give it a two. Conversely, I will give the other episode. I decided not to break the scale quite as much, but I will give it a negative two. Um, <laughs> I feel like breaking the scale by two points in either direction is probably the most I'll ever reasonably do. It's not impossible I would go further, but it would take a, a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> so, For something to be better than the Omega Project would have to be quite a feat in a right. post 9-11 world. Right. So like just, just flat out. It's just so egregiously bad. It's worse than any zero we've watched. And furthermore, I can imagine things that would be worse than 
uh, a, a zero that we've seen, but still not as bad as this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this doesn't yeah. define like just p- barely being worse than a zero for me. Like this is significantly worse than a zero. So I will just- say though, if there's anything that this convinced me to like hurry up on, I bought the season DVD to Lightspeed Rescue uh, and sent it to my son with like gift wrap and everything and telling him, Hey, my favorite Rangers are Joel and Carter. I can't wait to find out what yours are Very nice. <laughs> and all that <laughs> and all that stuff. So like, if there's any credit to wild forces that it did make me rush and go out to buy the Lightspeed rescue to just make sure that my son watches that <laughs> and learns like good lessons from that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just, I want to extend an apology to Bob for having to see this shit. No. I know you definitely got some more enjoyment out of it than we did. We yeah. were just like, so we were so like, I'm telling you, man, it's like, watching a really good movie and then just fucking watching like some really bad piece of shit fucking movie right after and just going, wow, my night is ruined. Like I, I do think <laughs> the original star Wars trilogy is overrated for the record, but it was kind of like seeing the prequels for the first time. <laughs> like, like this, uh, this it was like watching episode had- one again. Yeah. Yeah, it's like this yeah, it franchise that you have good again. feelings about. And I remember as a kid, you know, going to see episode one, being so hyped up and just walking out as like an 11 year old or whatever. I don't remember exactly when it came out. You weren't 11. I, I guarantee yeah. you weren't 11. Then. <laughs> uh, nine, eight, yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. I, I was not very, so, so very, it, if I was younger, it just makes it worse. I, I'm some young <laughs> age and i'm i'm like i come out of that theater and i was at that age where almost anything impressed me and i come out and i'm like what was that yeah um, i saw that, so for clarity vibe. i i saw episode one when i was six and uh i also didn't like it when i was six <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah i think this was the season this is definitely a season that i think at one point i caught like one episode when i was a kid and i was like i don't like this and then i didn't watch the rest of it uh but yeah bob where can people find you uh on the internet uh so uh uh, my show is bad praxis uh you can find us uh on twitch we no longer podcast because we got lazy with the editing and it's uh Honestly, I think our personalities work better on a live show. So we stream uh, Thursday nights, uh, 8 Central to 10 Central, and on Sunday nights, uh, 7 Central to 9 Central. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at, at @badpraxispod, uh, And we, uh, we just launched a, a little merch store, which we're Hell yeah. pretty, pretty excited about. It's a... Uh, you know, sadly we're we're poor, so it's through Teespring, but hopefully we'll be able to do like something through a uh, union shop eventually. Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah, we got to consider that too. As long along for Sensei Truther Club, well, I'll <laughs> tell you, good luck. Not safe for Wonks has been struggling to ethically produce, yeah, in a way that is also compatible with making any money selling yeah. it for a reasonable <laughs> price, and also. Just working with workable companies because like this union made shop that we've been dealing with sort of jerked us around on a number of things 
Like, and, uh, you know, like we wanted to support them, but like, whew, it's tough. It's really capitalism makes ethics so hard for so many reasons, you know? Well, like one, <laughs> like the reason I finally settled on Teespring is because they do have reasonably priced on demand products. So we don't have to like order like order inventory and have stock like yeah you can people can just go buy a t-shirt and they print it and mail it to them and uh and we can like we can uh we can adjust the price and so like i've taken pretty much everything lower than its suggested price which makes me feel better about the whole thing but uh yeah, and if you're uh, and if you happen to subscribe to uh, the show, uh, please DM me for uh, coupon codes to the store. Nice. Well, thanks, Bob. It's been a yeah, pleasure. No, yeah, no, I love coming on. Yeah, Finally, well, like the long, <laughs> the, the long-awaited. You know, like uh, unfortunately, life kept getting in the way. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was happy to come on, and I had a uh, I had a better time watching the episode than the quality of it would uh make people think <laughs> <laughs> well i'm glad i'm glad yeah we'll definitely have you on again just for you know probably not a bad one <laughs> yeah <laughs> if we can help uh it would be funny if we did have you on like the super sentai no, that's fine uh, but i will definitely let you know that uh for for all of our sentai truthers out there Gal Ranger has been added to the list because we can't do it a disservice with this stuff. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully the Sentai version nice. is better. Um, I will we'll say see. it already is by having the Red Ranger be a vet instead of fucking Tarzan. But uh, <laughs> I hope you guys have a great night and thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next time on Sentai Truther Club. Rangers, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, Please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you. <laughs>